Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, a combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight breakdowns, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode 226 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. And today, we're going to talk about stuff. What do you think of that, Victor? Stuff. Yeah, I'm a little bothered by the fact you keep introducing me as this amazing person. And, you know, listen, you're setting up expectations that are not going to be fulfilled. These people know I'm a piece of shit. I think it's fine. I think it's fair. I don't think much of them either. So I think this is really, you know, I appreciate the the, the, the heavy lifting that you're doing here, but you're going to give yourself a hernia with that. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's really necessary in this day and age. Oh, man. So, all right. I'm I'm going to go first today and we're going to we're going to swap things up again for you guys because we had been bouncing back and forth but I I tend to pick smaller topics so I'm going to do my glut of smaller topics right off the bat and because Victor is the one that really waxes poetic and gives us all that beautiful language and that wonderful baritone Oh voice. stop you're doing it again you see what you're doing you see how you do this you see this it be your own people's look at this look at this <laughs> Treachery. Treachery. Setting him up for failure. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to have him wrap it up because he's got some really good stuff that will put a nice bookend on the end of this. Oh, I I had some good stuff. All right. Oh, yes. This this episode (laughs) is very, very salacious. (laughs) To put Mm. it lightly, it's very salacious. Mm -hmm. So I I must ask you what you thought of Alexander Hernandez's uh, comments on how weight cutting makes his dick not work in the morning. Okay. That is my first topic here. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you brought this up. (laughs) All right. I I have thoughts. You you can't. Oh, God damn it. At first, I was really, really, really worried from like, I'm still am. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But but I, I was far more worried because I thought he was saying that it wasn't working at all, which, you know. I mean, the principle still stands. If it's only in the morning, it's a little less egregious. But if once your essential body functions start to fail, like, I don't know, having and maintaining an erection, buddy, uh, I don't think this is something we should be laughing at. I think there's a bit of a concern with your health and your well-being. But all right, you know what? Fine. I mean, if he's in good spirits about it, I guess we can get these jokes off at least for now. I mean, damn, this dude out here is is... Ooh, man, anytime we get an opportunity to talk about penis, it's like, you know, you get this overwhelming sense of like, oh, there's so much I can mine from this. But seriously, seriously, you know, it's 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 messed up. Like if he loses or something, if he ends up in a in a fight where he quits on the stool, people are going to be like, oh, I knew he couldn't get up and stand up for himself. You know, it's going to be that kind of thing. So I'm kind of dreading how the, the 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 wave of terrible jokes and everyone making the same bad joke at the same time. Um Man, I, I don't know that I would have put that out on Front Street like that. There's something kind of bold about it. I, I low-key, I respect it. <laughs> Not because of any shame on a personal level, but rather like, do you really want to deal with the harassment? Have you met the mixed martial arts fandom community? Or do you know what kind of fucking savages live in the sewers and pot come out just for this? <laughs> well, I will say this. We're going to have to have a new person take over the role that Mookie once inhabited because this was his beat. Anything that involved 
appendages on human bodies, specifically penises. That was his beat. He was a penile editor. That's right. That's and I right. used to be the testicular correspondent. So it worked out great. I mean, there was only one, one single instance where he didn't cover uh, a pretty big penile story. And I ended up with that one. And that was when Ray Elby broke his dick in the shower. Oh, man. Ray Elby's penis. All right, Peter, that. What a real one. Hey, big ups <laughs> to him. Even though he's even though Chris Cyborg, wink, wink, has me blocked on Twitter. Thank you, Ray. I don't know what even happened. I mean, I don't think I've ever said anything negative about her, but whatever. Thanks, Ray. I mean, that's it, it's good to know that, uh, you know, at, at least your, your finger remains stiff for the block. That's nice to know. Good stuff. They recently unblocked me. So I think that they're doing bloody elbow, you know, one block at a time, <laughs> one unblock at a time. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But um, my next topic now, my next three are all wrapped into one and then I'll be finished uh, with this particular uh, setup. So these three are one. And it all revolves around UFC 284 and it revolves around Alexander Volkanovsky and Islam Makachev. We began the, the, the topic on Monday when we spoke. You guys heard it on Tuesday because we record a day in advance. But on Monday, <clears throat> we spoke about the accusations that Dan Hooker had made about an IV. That has since expanded. Now, Volkanovsky's coach, Eugene Behrman, went a little further um, on Ariel's show saying, we have reliable information to a point. I will half plead the fifth. Can you half plead the fifth, the two and a half? <laughs> Behrman then explained a possible loophole that may permit pre-fight IV use. And I quote, the information falls short because of several reasons. And one of them is that you can actually take an IV before a fight. It just has to be 100 milliliters of, of saline, you know, normal saline, every 12 hours in a 12-hour block. So what it has come down to is whether you believe that people are going to take this saline 100 milliliters and then stop. And the fact that from the team, from that team, there were two fighters and the information can't reliably tell us yet which fighter illegally hydrated or whether they went over the 100 milliliters. But I don't know. No information can tell us without a doubt that someone in their team used an IV badge to rehydrate, which is not illegal if you only used 100 milliliters. You just got to ask yourself if it's only 100 milliliters you've got to use before those 12 hours are up. Why would you even bother? I advise Dan against even talking about it. Look, as you can see, that information has holes in it. That's what I'm referring what I'm referring to, what I'm alluding to. But also there's enough information there for it to be like, hey. So we go from there, all right? We go from there to this. Ali Abdelaziz released a tweet and he almost immediately deleted it. It was just a few minutes later. So obviously someone told him, hey, get that <laughs> shit down. And this was the tweet. For all those idiots out there, any fighter under the UFC banner can take two to three liters of IV as long as it's done by a nurse or a professional. Next week, I'm going to expose everybody. Islam Makachev 
is the pound for pound king. And then immediately Ariel Helwani gets it because somebody had drafted it over to him and he quotes it. Yes, he deleted this because someone, I would think, told him he was incriminating himself with this tweet. You can't take two to three liters by a professional or not. It's 100 milliliters per 12 hours. Massive difference. <laughs> two to three liters, that's almost a gallon. It's three, oh all right, two liters, half a gallon. I mean to tell you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the Egyptian judo liters. team doesn't really, they don't focus on math like that. You know, so I, I mean, I know they use the metric system, but but things still get complicated. And, you know, you, you got to be a little more compassionate. Steph. Where's where's your level? Where's your where's your where's your heart in, the, in these trying times? So then we get to part three and part three is kind of funny. The whole point of this fight was to settle a pound for pound argument. Obviously, the whole point of the fight was, you know, to make some money in Australia and sell out a massive stadium and blah, blah, blah. But the the point for us, the fans and the media and everything else, was that this was to settle a pound-for-pound argument. But guess who's still sitting in the pound-for-pound number one spot in the rankings? Artem Alexander Volkanovsky. Oh, yeah, him too. Yeah. And that, oof, man. That further erodes my trust in the UFC. It really does. Because he he won. You know, Islam won. Not just by the scorecards, in my opinion. And I have watched this thing three times now. He won. Islam won. 48-47. In my eyes, it is as clear cut as that. What are we to do here? I mean, you cannot trust a thing the UFC tells you anymore. You really can't. And that's a problem in my eyes. I know it's not a problem in a lot of fans' eyes, but we as media need to be able to depend on statements that come from formal promotions. Victor, weigh in. All right. See, where I have... God, because there's just multiple problems here with this. The integrity of a championship or a title at this point is not as maybe rock solid as uh, some people would want to believe that it is. And that goes across divisions and weight classes. That's not, um, that's not exclusive to, to this particular situation, but you have an organization that doesn't really seem to be bothered to do the right thing in more, I guess, controversial or more, you know, morally, um, uh, if more morally compromising situation, right? So in terms of issuing discipline and things like that, I think they're somewhat fortunate that at least in this situation, the general consensus is that the right guy won. And I say this as someone who thought, and I mean, I haven't rewatched the fight, but I thought in the moment that Alex had won. But I mean, not that there wasn't a case for Islam to have won it. I mean, look, I, I accept the result as it is, and I don't really think there's a any massive uh, anything to be gained by protesting at this point after everything's been sealed main thing here is if 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 right if islam in fact did rehydrate which we don't know about we don't know we don't have any confirmation or evidence of that if he did how much was it 
within what time period? Like, you got to investigate that here. And I don't know if the UFC is just making moves in silence to make this, uh, to look at into this sort of situation, make this right, be a, whether it be by investigating this on a deeper level or, you know, just trying to ask the proper questions and find ways to at least get some answers that would help sort this out because they really do need to get ahead of this. But then again, they probably don't, right? I mean, what are you going to do about it? There's no need to overturn any results. You're not going to do anything else anyway. They're just going to move this on. There's probably not going to be an immediate rematch. There's not really anything they can do other than tell Hangman, hey, knock it the fuck off and stop talking. That's it. That's the only the, – I think the only person that's going to face any kind of repercussions, and if you can really call it that, would be Nan. And it's just that on that front. I don't see anything else being done in any way. What can we do? Well, I mean, we can talk about it. We can bring this to light, but that's about it. There's nothing else that is going to sway these people or nudge them in any capacity to do the right thing. And what is the right thing? It would be knocking on some doors, making some phone calls, asking some questions. Why did this get out the way it did? How did this get out? How did Hangman find out about this? That's a big question, right? And we said this the other day. If you say something like that, if you bring up an accusation that strong, you better have some really strong evidence to bolster it. Have you seen any? I know I fucking haven't. So it's like, where do we go from here? I don't know. I really don't know because it's like you have to trust an organization that has turned an eye. They've turned a blind eye to matters of domestic violence and other things repeatedly. What makes anyone think that they're going to do the right thing now? And again, what do they even think the right thing would be in this situation? I don't know. They're looking to protect their investment. They're looking to make sure that they keep their uh, their big bag of cash and it remains as close to intact as possible. And I just think they're going to be sitting there counting their bills, looking over their shoulder, going like, yeah, I don't know, man. That, that sounds pretty weird. I wonder what's going on over there. Oh, well, ho-hum. On to the next one. Exactly. On to the next one. I, I tweeted something similar day before yesterday. That's exactly how they work. Man, and it's 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 shameful. This is the this is a multi billion dollar company. Multi billion dollar company. And, and the NFL of MMA. Yeah. And you mm. the soccer, the the, the MLS <laughs> of MMA. Come on. Jesus. All right. My last topic. It's another serious one. If you recall, Conor McGregor has been accused of assaulting a woman during his birthday celebration last year on his yacht. She reported that he kicked her, forced her, punched her, forced her to uh, leap off of his yacht into the water and swim to shore, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there was a whole lot of allegations in there. Something must be going on because first her car was set on fire and now someone has thrown a brick through the front window of her home. This screams to me like strong arming. This this is witness tampering almost. Now, I can't say that Connor's doing this, but it's really odd that she is the target of multiple acts of, of violence on her property just since she's brought suit. Hmm. What do you think? You know, when this first came up, we mentioned that, you know, the, the, the level of fear and concern that a victim in his, her situation would have is very much a, uh, a reasonable thing. You know, I mean, this obviously should not happen. 
No one should have to go through this sort of thing. She is the victim in this situation. And they are going to hopefully bring this to a court of law to address the matter and to to try to rectify this or at least, you know, come as close to making things whole as possible. But you already got a car burned and now you got a brick through a window. And you might say, well, you know, maybe the burning of the car is a bit more egregious, right? It's a much more... Um, it's a it's a greater act of destruction of property. Uh, there's probably a greater hazard. Somebody could have been standing in that room. Mm -hmm. You could have hit an old lady. You could have hit a fucking child mm -hmm. in the head with that brick. You don't know who's in that house. You know, so, I mean, kind of fortunate that nobody was hurt. But at the same time, again, it's a matter of the potential. And I really hope that this isn't a situation where the victim has to wait longer and longer. Because, I mean, we've seen situations, at least here in the U.S., where the legal system drags its feet. Mm. and things take way longer than they should. And, of course, you know, a lot of things can happen between now and uh, time of trial. And then what happens if, for example, McGregor is found guilty of any sort of wrongdoing, right, and he has to face some kind of repercussions for this? What's going to happen to the victim after that? Mm. What kind of guarantees does she have? Does she have any guarantees of protection from anywhere? I, I don't How long would that even last? Who's going to hold this grudge for that long Whoever it is that's doing this, I mean, clearly is 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 somebody that uh, wants this person to shut up. Yeah, and, and witness intimidation does does something else too. If they continue, this woman might get scared enough to withdraw her complaint. That seems yeah, and, and cases like this. Look, this isn't new. We've seen situations like this in the past. Maybe not in sports. That you don't see this very often. But yeah, there are cases where uh, intimidation is specifically for that purpose. You know, to either get her to leave the country, and then like, well, now she won't testify. I guess that's that's done. That's over. Um, I I I don't I don't really know because we don't have too many answers as to who was doing this and uh, specific purpose. But do you really need to guess what purpose there is? Obviously, again, this is to shut this person up. This is to stop them from continuing forward. And I, I mean, there's no real reason for them to do that other than ensuring their own safety. So they're going to try to hit this person where it hurts. And that's where it hurts. Right. It's targeting these people and their families and not necessarily in that order. So, um I just it, it's just such a bummer, man. It feels so, so sad to have to see this continue. I mean, the, the burning the car is bad enough, but this clearly means that it's not going to stop. And the other thing that witness intimidation like this and tampering does is that it does create a chilling effect. Mm -hmm. Because if McGregor were to go on and do this again, say, I don't know, six, seven, eight months from now, that next woman, because it's most likely going to be a woman, mm -hmm. that next woman is going to have a lot to think about about whether or not she wants to press any charges or make any sort of public uh, accusation in any capacity. So I'm really curious as to how that's going to go. And I just there's there's no there's no answers to any of this stuff because we don't have any we don't have sufficient information yet. But goddamn, man, I really, really wish that this wouldn't reach this level. And I my heart goes out to the victim in this situation, man. I really don't want to see anybody go through this kind of shit. Yeah. Now, one thing that should be noted, I have seen several accounts on Twitter questioning whether the woman was even there. Maybe she's just creating this whole thing. Well, she was there. And how do I know that she was there? Because Connor's official spokesperson released this statement. Mr. McGregor is steadfast in his denial of all the accusations made by a guest on his boat. Made by a guest on his boat. 
she was there. They admitted. So for all of you out there that keep beating the drum of she created this, it it was invented, it's fantasy. It's not. She was there. And then you wonder, you wonder how so many people are still defending Andrew Tate in this community. Yeah, and it's because yeah. of shit like this. Diana Belvita is off my list, okay? No, I, I mean, ended up listen. blocking her yesterday over that. She doubled down in a way. And my goodness, she's a woman, you know? Yeah, but this is the kind of pick me behavior. This is yes. what other women this is what other women despise yep. and for good reason. Yep. Who are That's you trying? Who are you trying? What what constituency are you trying to court here? Yeah. And for what? For thirty likes too. It was a, when I when I last looked, she had a whole thirty likes on that bullshit. Now we told you that we had something good and something strong, and uh, something that was going to be hidden. And we are going to move on. We are going to move on to something, and it should be a serious topic. But I'm sorry, I can't help but laugh at this for a couple of reasons. Okay, we're going to talk about Data White's power slap. Um, I, I I don't know how. Has there ever been another sports or reality show that has had this sort of monkey paw situation been this horribly snake bit this early? I mean, this thing might as well have just died in the crib. This is a horrible thing to have happened. You have, first off, nobody asked for this, right? The thing shows up on TV. People are already immediately talking about concussions and the fact that there's no defense, the fact that you're treating this as if it were a legitimate sport and not some grotesque spectacle. But then on top of that, these guys are clubbing each other. I mean, you're seeing these dudes nailing palm strikes. They're not really slapping, and the majority of them anyway. Fine. Dana White goes off, he's in Cabo, he slaps his wife, and now his name and face are front and center of the show. Fine. All of this stuff happens. Now, would it surprise you all to hear that one of the contestants has been suspended formally by the state of Nevada due to drug use? Now, John Kennedy, 37 years old, from Iowa, tested positive in a drug test where he tested positive for cocaine. (laughs) And look... This was courtesy of MMA Junkie, and I don't have anything – I'm not going to say anything negative about the people Junkie. I'm just saying that if you go to to their website and you look at the article, the fact that they have this man getting slapped with this cloud of chalk, this white dust lingering all around his head, this has painted an image for me that is just too good. Now, on top of that, Kennedy was suspended for nine months and given a total fine of $476.00. Contained within that $326 in legal fees. Who in the fuck? Who are the bean counters? Who came up with this number? You couldn't just say $500. You couldn't just say $450. No, $476. Off of what? Are they doing this by the gram? What is going on? Why are they charging this specific amount? And you might think, well, you're just being a bit of a stickler. That's that's your uh, that's your neurodivergent thing doing uh, doing its own little magic in your head, Vic. You just you're just trying to be nitpicking for no reason. No, 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 no. Hang on a minute. See. Nevada has never done this before for this sort of thing. Clearly, they've made accommodations for Power Slap to be a reality, and here it is. And, well, they had a hearing, and Kennedy was only present remotely for it. He accepted his um, uh, his, his penalty. I mean, it's not like there was much he could do about it. But the drug testing is being done under the Athletic Commission for the state of Nevada, and I I don't know why. 
I was surprised by that. I think it's because well, I know exactly why I was surprised. I missed the initial press conference, okay, which I kind of feel like I should apologize for not doing a transcription or a, 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 a live tweet of that one because – during that press conference, which was in November, Dana White had actually announced that, yes, they're definitely, and I quote, they're definitely, there's definitely going to be drug testing. There's drug testing just like every other combat sport that's regulated. We haven't gotten to a USADA level. USADA ain't cheap. Very revealing statement there, right? I mean, you're putting this show on for the cheap. So you're not going to pay for USADA testing for that. But do you really need USADA for that? Are you really worried about steroids when you have this going on? Is it really a combat sport as he's labeling it? I don't know that I'd really put it in that category. And listen, I'm a pro slap guy, okay? I, I This may be a little difficult for some people to, uh, to, to parse because – I understand that there is a bit of a dubious um, – the, the morality around it is thorny. I get it. I have no problem with slap fights in general. I do have a problem with the way that this has been conducted, and I have been on record saying this multiple times for this same reason. Jesus Christ, what are we doing here? Why even bother drug testing these people at all? I mean, you can make all sorts of inferences about the mental state of somebody that agrees to go in there and say, yes, I will take one to give one in this slap competition and find some level of infamy that will be uh, tied to this in some fashion. Okay, sure. You can make all those jokes. I mean, that's that's fine. That's not really going to be it's not going to amount to anything. But what are they actually what what amalgamation of bullshit is this? You're trying to make it seem like it's a legit sport and then you add legit sport stipulations like this. And now you get a guy having to bow out because of cocaine use. And look, I'm not going to shun. I'm not going to I'm not going to mock the guy for using drugs or having a habit. I don't know if he's a functional user. I'm not I don't know if he's addicted or has anything like that. I hope not. And if he does need help, I hope he finds it. Whatever he does in the privacy of his home or, you know, that, that that's that's really his business as long as he's not harming anybody else. I know some people have differing opinions regarding that. I get it. That's fine. But really, I mean, did this really affect his performance in any way? Did this change anything fundamentally in how slap fights go on? I mean, you're really going to ping this guy for cocaine use. Does that really make sense to you? I just like it, it, it ultimately doesn't seem to be that much of a difference maker because the biggest thing is here you have yet another thing, another public relations hit. For something that does not need to exist, something no one has been clamoring for, something that is only on because it is cheap, it is easy, it provides viral moments very quickly, but yet somehow the audience is still not cottoning to. Steffi, what do you make of this whole mess? Is this yet is this something that maybe, just maybe, might add to the pile and eventually um, dissuade sponsors from associating what little sponsors they have left from associating with the product? I don't know if it'll dissuade anyone. I'm, I one can hope, but uh, the tanking ratings should do the job. <laughs> yeah, that that is what I'm hoping for. Is that it's not enough that it's it's not enough of a spectacle to really warrant booming ratings. You you get what you need just watching it one time. Otherwise, it's just redundant. Now, as far as the cocaine thing. You said, was there any need to, to ding him on that? Is is there any real performance enhancer to it? The one thing that might 
make a difference here is that cocaine is a number. It's an anesthetic. Remember, they used cocaine for almost an entire century in dental work. Some dentists still use cocaine as an anesthetic. Wait, they're all in Miami, ain't they? I'm pretty sure they they're are. all in the same zip code, ain't they? I God mean, damn it's, it. It's a very, very dwindling number. But the point I'm making is, is that might be the only thing is that it might numb just enough to keep them upright. I understand why they don't allow it in competition. And that is, it's an appetite suppressant. So if you're cutting weight, I mean, it's, it's probably going to aid you in that regard. It is an anesthetic and it's a stimulant. It's go fast. Everybody knows that it's fucking go fast. That one of the big things cops would say, they must be on PCP. They they were yeah. they were unstoppable. Coke is sort of a, the, in that same category along with speed. You feel invincible. You can go through brick walls, blah, blah, blah. I, I can sort of see. That's all I'm saying here. <laughs> Slap fighting needs to go. Okay? I, it's uh... just at least Dana's version of it. And what I see more than the palm slaps are the knife chops to this to the temple. It looks like it's a straight-on knife chop. I've even seen some of them, like, curve their fingers a little bit when mm -hmm. they're landing it. So, you know, you're literally giving somebody a punch to the temple. I mean, Boss Rutan gave us the, 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 the gospel of palm strikes over 20 years ago. Yes, yes, Pancrase. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's been preaching the good word of it and, and, and passing it on, and we've, we've seen these things work. Uh, it, it, I just, you know, like, yeah, my first main concern is I hope the dude's okay. But I kind of feel like, damn, you're going to charge him this much? I don't know how much money he made off of this slap fight thing, but when it's a reality show thing like that, it's not going to be paying much either. And you might think, well, that's on him for violating the rules or whatever. Come on, man. Like, really, you don't you don't think that like, is this not exploitative enough? We got to get the commission here involved to do all this. I just it just doesn't sit right with me, this whole. And then this is not squarely or this is not entirely on the UFC's shoulders. I'm just saying like this whole situation, you know, you put the fighters in this position of, um, you know, just just trying to give them an, uh, an, a quote unquote opportunity or a window to, uh, to to go out and participate in whatever the hell this is. And then this happens and it's like, mm, I don't know, man, uh, it just it, it's it just all of this has been such a terrible, terrible thing. And it refuses to fucking die. Yeah. Um, you know? One thing I do need to note, I, I gave misinformation earlier when I was looking for the dentist that used cocaine. I didn't look at the date, but apparently they stopped doing it in 2016. So it was mainly topical people that are afraid of needles, of getting the shot and everything. Like, for instance, when I go get IVs in my hand, when I have procedures for my many medical problems, I have very small, weak veins because I had chemo, it stripped out my veins. And so as a result, my veins are just terrible for IVs. So when they have to continually poke me to get an IV in or to draw my blood, I ask for a little topical anesthetic because it hurts. So I am imagining because it says right here that they used it topically, that it's probably for people that are afraid of getting the pinch of the shot in their mouth of the Novocaine or whatever they use for deeper anesthetic. Let's see, Alexander Hernandez should have blamed his dead dick on this instead. I got some topical cocaine on it. So it's no Yeah, I just I sprinkled a bit on it, you know, thinking it was gonna, you know, and it just it just kept happening. I don't know. It, it she just... snorted it right off though. 
God. <laughs> so, what's your next one? I don't know. I'm just now. I'm thinking about. Damn, what do I got to do to be in a party like that? I mean, I don't do coke, but holy shit, I, I'd, I'd I'd pay some good money to see that live. Yeah, you don't have to do it for her to snort it. <laughs> just saying to see it happen. I ain't trying to have that nowhere near me, uh, sir. I, that, no, no. Here we are with our official R rating on our show. <laughs> oh boy, yes indeed. <laughs> Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna actually move on to talk about somebody who should have a violence rating, okay? Because this man is an exceptional fighter and a true talent, and somebody who's got a tremendous finishing instinct. We're talking about number the 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 uh, the, the main uh, probably the best export out of the Midwest right now, Bilal Muhammad. Uh, this man, he's a he's a little miffed. He's been trying to get himself a fight against the one and only former UFC title challenger, Colby Covington. Unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be something that's happening right now. I see, here's the thing. Bilal is currently ranked number four at the time of this recording. Colby is ranked at number two. However, all that being said, Colby seems to just be ducking him. There seems to be a few opportunities for this fight to have happened, and they have not been able to make it happen. Uh, Muhammad says that the organization, the UFC, of course, had offered Covington at one point as an opponent. So he said, sure, yeah, and then I'll be accepted as well. But somehow Covington changed his mind. And then after that, it was radio silence. And uh, in an interview with Helen Yee, Col uh, Muhammad had said the following, quote, all they presented was Colby. They said Colby was down, and then the next week he wasn't down. Then they said he was down again, and then they said he they can't find him again. I don't know what's happening with him. I think he's trying to figure out, hoping that one of these 55ers will move up to 170 and fight him or get lucky with one of those trick shots. But if you want to be a champion, if you want to be the guy, you think you're the best in the world, you got to fight the best in the world. And right now, I'm the best in the world. Now, whether or not he's the best, I mean, that is, that is uh, you know, that is – up for dispute since he's not the champion, at least not yet. But is he one of the best? Undisputably. He is certainly a top talent for very good reason. And they asked him, you know, well, what do you think about your place in the division right now and this whole situation with Covington in general? He says, quote, it's frustrating. I'm in a rough spot right now because you got the title fight coming up on March 18th. And the only guys above me are Hamzat, who's moving up to middleweight, and Colby, who doesn't want to fight. So what I'm looking at, there's nobody else in line for the title but me. I'm hoping the UFC gives me what I deserve, gives me a title shot against the winner of the next fight. Like I said, I'll do Colby. I'll fight Colby. But if he doesn't want to fight, I think I deserve the next title shot. A little revealing that he uh, very just by the by mentions that Hamzat is moving up. So that kind of confirms things if uh, this was told to him via inside channels from the UFC. Not only that, but the fact that he is standing by and waiting to see what happens at the top of the heap. And you can't really blame him for thinking, hey, I must be next in line. But you can't really bank on that, right? You can't really expect that that's just something that's automatically going to happen. We've seen things change on a women, not always in the favor of the fighter that deserves it most. So I'm curious about this. Sefi, why do you think this has been happening? And how do you think this shakes out from here on in? I think that um, Bilal is on to something that Colby might be waiting for somebody to move down and wait. Because Colby does like to uh, handpick his opponents. If they're not champions, he wants someone that he knows he can beat. And he wants them inside the rankings, but from the lower end. So that, you know, it's... It's an easily accomplished task. I mean, Colby has had this uh, poker thing going on also over the last several months. And he is, he is really, really good at it. 
You know, so I, I mean, we're talking, he's winning sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 pots every time he's going out. So if he's making that kind of money, basically that's, that's purse money he's making. Maybe he's reconsidering his options. I like how he's there just enough to say, yeah, sure, sure. And then he disappears again. I mean, that, that part right there is hilarious, but you said something that drew my attention and it's something that I also noticed as well. They buried the lead here. I think the most important part of what was said was the information about Hamzat. I mean, yeah. the, the, the definitive move up to, to middleweight seems pretty significant here. So, kind of does. I yeah. mean, it's a big piece in that division. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious about that. I'm thinking that maybe Colby, you know, maybe he's uh, busy with other extracurriculars, you know, maybe his schedule is a little wonky because he's still, you know, I mean, do you doubt that he might be the guy who went undercover to figure out that uh, this Kennedy guy was doing cocaine on power slap? I mean, <laughs> if you got somebody, if, if anybody fits the profile of legitimate and 100 percent snitch material, it's that guy. I'm thinking that he might be the one that went over to Behrman's camp and told everybody about the IV. Oh, come on. <laughs> they wouldn't believe him. He'd have to have like one of those Groucho Marx glasses and nose and mustache combos, you know? That's oh. the only way that would happen. They'd have to like give him, you know, he got to dress up as like, uh, what was the, uh, oh God, what was the name of that? Dr. Girlfriend from, from the Venture Brothers or something like that? Maybe. That's the only way that would work. <laughs> Incognito. He's phoned in an anonymous tip. Incognito, Edith. Sounds what a day. Oh, I loved all in the family. Indeed. And people don't realize that it was actually poking fun at bigots. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, people in context. We've addressed this before. The way people interact with media. Yeah, man, sometimes, sometimes. I mean, we have people like The Boys, right, on Amazon. Amazing show. A lot of people don't realize, hey, that show, it's making fun of you. Yes, exactly. Thank you. However, they're they're show hunters without Pacino. Ugh, terrible. Well, all right, if that is all you got for me, is that all you got for me? I'm thinking that's all you got for me because we're out of time. I think that's all we can handle. I think I've already got enough to get me in trouble with Nate again. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually going to stay on his good side for a little bit. Yeah, me too. I think uh, us starting (laughs) with penis conversation, yeah, I think that might have gotten us into some hot water. But it's okay because that's what we're here for. Give you some hot water. Give you a nice soak in some hot water. So. Right now, what I want to do is soak my ass on out of the show. (laughs) So here we go with follow this amazing guy. Yeah, see, I said it again. You got to stop doing this. I swear to God. Never happened. It's a setup. All right, fine. (laughs) So follow him on Twitter at Vic M. Rodriguez. Follow him on Instagram. Victor Sinister Rodriguez. Follow Mookie on Twitter. At Mookie Alexander, follow Mookie over where he works. That's SB Nation's Field Goals website. Follow myself on Twitter at Crooklyn MMA, the show at Level Change Pod. If you still hang out on Facebook, we are there. Facebook.com slash Level Change Podcast. Victor and I work for Bloody Elbow. You will be able to find us there forever. That's bloodyelbow.com. And if you listen to the pre-recorded outro, you will know where to find this show and all the other great Bloody Elbow shows. So you know the drill. You know what I'm going to say. Until next time, please stay safe.
Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Vivis Section, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, 6th Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, Guest Podcasts, the Hey Not The Face Podcast, and radio-style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow Blog, and as always, on BloodyElbow.com.